Good morning, everybody. We're glad to be at church. Come on, are we awake? Welcome everybody online. My name is Brandon. I'm one of the pastors here. So glad you're online with us as well. Look, um, you guys, my mom always told me, said, if you're going to do something right, you do it right the first time. And uh, I don't know, I, I think we're just, uh, we're struggling just a little bit. And I think we need to try that again because I expect just a little more. I can't even function this morning if we ain't ready. So we're going to try it again. Are y'all good this morning? See, I don't understand. Nine o'clock, same thing. Woo! You know, and then we try it again, and here's what I think's happened. I think some of you are a little, um, I think you got your feelings hurt, and so I just want to clear the air before we even get started. I'm sorry to you online, this didn't really apply to you, but when some of you came in this morning, you saw uh, young people with donuts, and uh, you wanted some donuts, and you walked up, and they carded you. They asked you for your ID to see where you are. Young people, where are we at? Y'all good over here? See the problem? See, parents, when you go low energy, you're leading the next generation. And so we've really got to work on this and get you guys. But uh, are y'all good? Forget it. Okay, so we're going to move on. We're in trouble, everybody. We've got to pray for our country, I'm just saying. But it's good to see our young people. Come on, they're packing the rows, 9 a.m., 10, 15 a.m. Come on, that's good stuff. So proud of you guys. Hey, grab your worship guide, get your note sheet out, digital note takers. I'm so excited today. We're beginning a brand new series called Dirty Stinky Stables. And uh, if we're going to talk about anything all year long, this is a good one because I think many of us, we need this. Now, uh, we're talking about relationships in different contexts. And so the greatest blessing God ever gave us was relationship. God created Adam and all the amazing things of the world, and he said, something's just not right. He said he needs relationships, so he created Eve. And uh, of all the blessings God gave us in relationship, one of the greatest curses God ever gave us was what? Relationships. And so this month, we're going to talk in the context of different personalities and different relationships and the dynamics that we encounter. And all of this is Proverbs 14 and 4, this dirty, stinky stables. Look at it with me at the top of your outline. It says this, without oxen, a stable stays clean. But you need a strong ox for a large harvest. In other words, if the stable didn't have an oxen in it, if it wasn't full of oxen, here's what, it would be clean. You wouldn't have to shovel all of that stuff out of it, all right? Some of you filled in some things you shouldn't have said in church, okay? Some of your mind, we're still praying, we're getting there, okay? But it would be clean, it wouldn't smell bad, there wouldn't be flies everywhere, you wouldn't be shoveling this stuff out of there. You'd just walk in and be like... This is beautiful. This is nice. But you walk in and it stinks. And there are flies. And it is messy. Do you know why? Because you have to have that ox in order to get it out in the field to be productive, to do something, to get the harvest. And if you don't have that, you don't get this. And when we live in this culture with relationship, it's hard. But you wouldn't get the payoff if you didn't have the relationship. So all month, we're going to talk in context of some of the difficulties that we have in relationship. Next week, we're going to talk about the lazy bones. Anybody know any lazy people? Anybody you are lazy people? The truth is, some of you would have raised your hand if you weren't so lazy. Okay? So I know you're here. I know you're here. Online, you're just popping Cheetos. I know you're there. Week three, we're going to talk about the manipulator, manipulative people. Some of you thinking about in-laws, outlaws, X's and O's, okay? And then in week four, we're going to talk about the critic, critical people. And all of these are dynamics that we encounter with people every day. But let me challenge us as we move into this on week one, is that don't just think about somebody else. 
Because automatically your brain is firing on, oh, I'm going to, you already know what week you're going to invite people. You ain't invited people to church in two years. But suddenly you found some people that you're going to invite to church with you. So I don't want you just to think about those dynamics, but I really want you to think about it even in the context of yourself. Because every one of us, we struggle with some of this, and we also have others that we deal with that are difficult as well. Today we're going to talk about the know-it-all. Now, how many of you are know-it-alls in here? Right? Okay. Some of us are honest people. Okay, I got it. At least you know that you know it all. Okay? Now, this is one of the most difficult personalities, the most difficult things that we will deal with with other people is know-it-alls. And you got a kid. Then you got a house full of know-it-alls. All of you got kids. I don't know what it is about kids. I have a seven-year-old. He hadn't even hit double digits, and he knows everything. He is a philosopher. He's a mathematician. He's a historian. He's a scientist. He knows everything about everything, and nothing gets me worse than when I start a conversation, and he interrupts me with, oh, I know, Dad. And then he starts to fill in the sentences that I've not even spoken yet. And it just gets me, and so I'm telling him something the other day, standing in my kitchen, and, oh, I know, Dad. And he starts, I said, look. You do not know. I said, you're seven. You know nothing. I said, you've barely been on this planet. You're not even a decade. You don't. I said, you listen to your dad. And then I went in to the most thorough, descriptive reasoning as to why he knew nothing. And I was teaching him everything in that moment. It was a beautiful dad moment. Until about three-fourths of the way through. And I realized he was right. <laughs> was actually wrong. And so I had to pause, and I had to collect myself, and I had to say, you know what, bud, this is a great teaching moment. <laughs> so, you're right, and I'm wrong. And then he's like, oh, dad. So, I had this. so then it took another week to deprogram that whole problem. You guys remember Men in Black where they do the pen, like this never happened? That's what I felt like needed to happen after that moment. I'm going to tell you, and then we're going to flash it, and it's over with. But here's what I know. Most of us, we live our life just like that conversation. That we have already decided that we know. We know what's best. We've been there. We've experienced that. And in most of our relationships, we're already telling everybody why they're wrong. Only inwardly realizing, wait a second, maybe I don't have it all figured out. Maybe I really don't know. But then we get prideful and we don't want to say that we don't know. But what would happen today if we let God deal with a know-it-all inside of me so that I can interact with a know-it-all inside of you so that God could set us all free and we could grow together? And so today we're going to be in Scripture in the New Testament where Paul's having a conversation with some know-it-alls, with people who've got a lot of questions, who think they've already got it figured out. And Paul gives us four things that I think today very practically that will help us unpack the know-it-all in me and the know-it-all in you. And so that I can let God correct that in me and that you can let God correct that in you. So collectively, we're all better together. So let's pray. God, I love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your word that changes us. Thank you for the ingredients today that you give us out of your word that make us better. And so it's my prayer that everyone... In this building, everyone in our Columbiana campus and everyone online today, God, that we would lean into you and your word, that you would make us better. Help us to grow, to be more like you. God, you've created us to live life on purpose, and you've got a great way for us to do it. And so we pray that we're able to receive it today. In Jesus' name, amen. So on your outline, four things today that I want to give you to keep learning. 
This will help us to be growing and getting better, okay? And so uh, as we dive into this now, you say, all right, me personally, and how do I interact this with somebody else? And the first thing is this, is that you need love. If you're going to keep learning, if you're going to keep growing, if you're going to prevent yourself from being a know-it-all, and if you're going to be able to endure the know-it-alls around you, you're going to have to have love. Now, in this scripture, Paul's having a conversation with some people who have asked a question, and here's their question. They said, hey, Paul, there are some foods, there's some animals, some meat that have been offered up to false idols. Are we supposed to eat this meat? What do we do with it? And here's what Paul says. Regarding your question about food that has been offered to idols, yes, we know that we, I love this because you know when somebody air quotes, we all have knowledge. It's like he's patting them on the head. I know you're smart, and I know you know things, and I know that you've got some things together. You have knowledge about this issue. But while knowledge makes you feel important, it is love. Underline the word love. It's love that does what? Underline this word. It strengthens the church. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. So here's what Paul's saying. I know you want to feel smart. I know you want to know things. Like I know you want to pack this in your brain and pridefully kind of puffs you up because of all the things that you know. You ever know somebody like that? Most of the people that I know that know everything, that are just prideful, puffed up, they know lots of things, but they couldn't do anything with it if they had to. You know what I'm talking about? Like they come in, they do a really good interview, but if you hired them, you know it would be a train wreck because they don't really know how to do anything that they know. So it really doesn't work its way out. And so what Paul is saying is, look, yeah, we, I know that you want to know all about this, but really before we even get to the to the foundation of this, you have to be able to walk in love. Because all you're wanting to do is know what's right, what's wrong, and you're ready to just attack based on principle of knowledge. He said, but it's loving somebody that strengthens the church. In other words, when you see the person before you see the problem. Before you try to fix the issue, you get to know the individual in which needs to be fixed. You walk in relationship together. You see somebody as somebody of value. In our culture, all we see is what somebody has said, and we want to cancel somebody, and they don't live like you live, and they don't follow the things that you follow. So suddenly, we've cast our judgment, we've cast them away, when you don't have to accept the sin, but you have to love the people. Because without the people, it doesn't matter. That's really what God has created this all for. People, that's what it's about. Don't let your knowledge of something get in the way of the people. See, the question here is, they would take an animal, sacrifice it to all these false gods. And as they would sacrifice this animal, some of the sacrifice would be completely burned up. And then some of the meat would be left over, and they would send it home with some of the people who were there to worship this false idol. Some of the meat that was left over would be given to the priest who were conducting the religious ceremony. And then the priest could decide that they either wanted to keep it, or they could take it and they could sell it at the market. And it was said that some of it that was sold at the market from these sacrifices would actually be on clearance. Anybody like a clearance? Come on, I like a good clearance. Like, I'll go in a cheap store and go to the clearance section at the cheap store. Go there first. And they wanted to know, well, if I buy this meat, like, am I doing wrong if I eat it? Am I really worshiping this God by eating this food? Is it defiled? Or, I mean, it's on sale. It's a really good deal. I really want to buy it. Am I doing wrong if I go buy it? And Paul goes... You're missing it. You're missing the whole thing. And in our culture, you ever notice that we like to hide behind social media and we get behind our keyboards and we'll post things and we'll say things and we'll cast judgment and we'll comment on something. You will see something negative 
I mean, far quicker than you'll see something positive. People out there trying to do good, just wanting to know the right thing. And because of our knowledge of what we know, we're already casting them down. Now, I know what you're thinking. You go, oh, well, this is one of those feel good, we just love everybody, and we sit in a circle, and we all just join hands and accept everything. No, because number two is you have to have truth. You have to have truth. See, it's not all about just what we know, and it's not just about loving everybody. And ex- your, your love is not your approval. Because Paul says this, but as for us, he says there is one, underline that word, one, there's one God, the Father, by whom all things were created and for whom we live. And there's, here it is again, there's one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things were created and through him we live. So what Paul is saying is, look, I understand you're looking for knowledge. And I, and I know you want to get to the point because you want to just drive home something based on something you know. But let's step back a second. Let's walk in love. Let's realize that people matter. But let's don't compromise the truth. See, we live in this tension today, especially in the Christian church, where we have this tension between love and truth. And basically what we've done is we've traded in the truth in exchange for a whole lot of love. And we think that if we bring truth to somebody that we're not being loving. So in other words, we have adopted things, even inside the church, that are completely counter to what God's Word says. It's not the truth of God. As the Bible would say, we've traded the truth for a lie. And because of that, we're living outside of God's best for our life. And Paul says, you can't do that. you got to marry the two. You can't have a whole lot of love and not have any truth. It's like if you were an Uber driver. Anybody ever rode in an Uber? You know, you, you kind of have this experience in an Uber. I love the way that, because you get the, the rating system, and, you know, you got to really show up for an Uber. And it's if you were an Uber driver, and you had, I mean, you just had it together. They get in your car. You've got the temperature dialed in perfectly for whatever's good for them. You've got butt warmers and butt coolers back there. Which one would you like to have? you got snacks in there. you got drinks on ice. You play the music just the right way. I mean, if they like country, it's I mean, it's, it's Garth Brooks, baby, like old country. Like, you're going to give them real country. You don't speed. You don't swerve. You don't swear. You don't even talk to them. Come on, somebody. You get an Uber. Like, some of you are like, please don't talk to me. Just drive the car. I mean, it's the best Uber experience you've ever had. The problem is, as the Uber driver, you don't know anything about the city you're in. The address they gave you means nothing to you because you don't even know where it's at. It feels good in the car, but when they... Get out of the car where you drop them off is blocks away from their destination. They never got where they needed to go because you didn't know how to get there. And so when they get out on that corner, they are just as lost and just as stranded as they were when they got in your car. Sure, it was a great experience. Sure, they felt good, but they didn't get to where they needed to go. The same can be said when you have a whole lot of knowledge and you don't have any love. Because the knowledge as they get in your car, it's dirty. It stinks. It's not comfortable. You didn't prepare for it. You talked to them the whole way. If they ask for country music, you put on hip-hop. Come on, everybody. You didn't give them any snacks. They were sweating in there. It was horrible. But you had a whole lot of knowledge of the city that you were in. When they told you where to go, you knew the shortcut, how to get there, the fastest way. And you pulled up to their destination So proud that they arrived. And when you turned around to greet them and tell them thank you for riding, you discover that they're gone. They abandoned you a long time ago. 
because it was the worst experience of their life. Truth and knowledge, they have to function together. Love and truth, they have to work together. That's why this environment here, it's a loving place. You can walk in here. I mean, if you are the city drug dealer, you can walk in here and leave going, man, all right. I don't want you to leave here feeling good because of your sin. I want you to leave here knowing that there's hope for your life because Jesus is the truth. And if I remember something that Jesus said correctly, he said, the truth shall set you free. And so when you offer somebody truth, it's not hatred. It's not hateful. But when it's walking and, uh, and, and, and combined with love, when you join those two things together, when you treat somebody like they deserve to be treated, that know-it-all, look, just slow down and love them anyway. But you can present truth in such a way that it will set them free. So it's not trading one for the other. Dealing with the know-it-all requires both. And then number three, it takes a whole lot of grace. A whole lot of grace. This is one of the most important ingredients. Because a lot of us don't have grace for others, but we expect a whole lot of grace for ourselves. And man, if we were really honest about that, think about it in most of your relationships. You go, well, I tried. I meant the best. I, I, I intended to do it. My intentions were in the right spot, but the issue was you failed. But when they come up short, then we've got a list of every time they have fallen. And when they did it, what time it was, and what the date was, and what color shirt they were wearing. Because we don't have a lot of grace for others, but we want a lot of grace for ourselves. But Paul says, look, however, not all the believers know this. Underline that. Not all the other believers know this. He said, look, no... The food, this whole issue, not every believer knows this. He says some are accustomed to thinking of idols as being real. So when they eat food that has been offered to idols and they think of it as worship to real gods and their weak consciences are violated. It's Here he goes again, standing on the truth. It's true that we can't win God's approval by what we eat. We don't lose anything if we don't eat it. And we don't gain anything if we do. So here's what Paul's saying. Look, you're making a mountain out of a molehill. Paul says it's just meat. If you eat it, you've gained nothing. It has nothing to do with any God. It's not worship to those false God. If you refrain from it, what difference does it make? In other words, look, you've grown. You're already walking. They were just born. Leave them alone. Because as believers, here's what we'll do. We've already matured in Christ. We've walked through some. Some of you have forgotten where God found you. Some of us need to remember where God found us. God found us in the pit of our sin and he rescued us from it. And if not for Jesus, where would we be? However, we have forgotten that experience and we know where we are. And it's tempting to look back on others who have started a journey with Jesus and then to pick them apart. Did you see what they posted? I thought they, don't they serve at Cultivate Church? Did you see what they were doing? I thought they had said yes to Jesus. Did you, I saw them. They don't love God. They don't, what's that church teaching over there? Let me tell you, if you have to email us about what we're teaching here, just save your email. I don't care. 
If you have to email the church and say, I saw some people smoking out in front of the building. What do y'all do at that church? Save your time. Because 90% of a Friday night smoke in front of the building is 90% of people that's not on some hard drug shooting a needle out in a drug house somewhere across our city. So email all you want because some people were just born, they're learning to crawl, then they'll walk, and then they'll run. And you know what? They'll run, them cigarette packs will fall down too. But you know what? You got to give grace in order to get there. So what are we doing here? No, it's not, it's not trading off God's truth for this loose love. No, culture's doing it, the church is doing it. We're not. We're walking love with grace and truth. You don't know everything. How many of you know everything? You know everything, right? Nobody. Thank God. There's usually one in every bunch. I'm sure somebody online got their hand up right now. That's you. But you don't know everything. Let me say something I learned. I love the, um, I was today years old when I learned. Anybody ever seen these? I learned this week that the Michael Myers, you know Michael Myers? Halloween. Some of you haven't met Jesus yet. You're still watching that stuff. I'm just kidding. You know what I'm saying? Did y'all know that's a William Shatner mask? Yeah. Yeah, you're today years old. It's a William Shatner mask. They said that when they filmed the movie, they needed a mask. They had a limited budget. They went to like a Halloween store, bought the cheapest one off the shelf, which was a William Shatner mask. They spray painted it white. So when you watch the movie, all you're going to see now is William Shatner walking around. True story. It's on Google. Google don't lie. Look it up. Tell you something else I learned that changed my mind. I mean, that just rattled my life. Does anybody know what this is? Most of you don't. You eat out all the time now. But back in the day when people cooked, you, these are cooking utensils, okay? So let me ask you guys a question. I don't, cook, I don't know much about cooking, but I eat a lot of rice and, and some noodles and stuff. And so you boil it in a pot, you got water, and you have to drain it, right? So how many of you do this? You take the pot off of the hot stove, hot pot. You got to drain it. So you get this out. You go put it in the sink. And you pick the pot up, you walk across the room, you try not to burn yourself, and you're pouring it ever so slightly so don't slosh out and burn yourself and get everywhere. You don't want to get noodles in the sink, because then if nobody's looking, you grab them, you put them back in the pot. <laughs> Does anybody do this? This your process? It's my process. Well, I'm not on the TikTok, but sometimes Google shows the TikTok. And I ran across this the other day. I was today years old when I learned, and I saw somebody do something to change my mind. They took the strainer, as it was designed to do, put it in the pot, picked up the pot, walked to the sink, turned it over, drained it, put it back, and boom, you're welcome. Some of you are going to go home today to do spaghetti just to try this. Today years old when I learned. There's not a day goes by that you shouldn't learn something. This didn't mean that I didn't mean well. Every time, every week that I food prep and I go and do this, I meant well. And some of you that already know this trick looked at me like, how could you not know? (laughs) We need a new church with a smarter pastor. (laughs) Okay. I've got some recommendations. It's fine. So, but grace, because you know what? I found out. I found out. And you know what? There's some other little trick. Some of you are going to go to church. Oh, well, wait till you hear this one. <laughs> Just wait till next week. I can't be overloaded. All right? I got a capacity. 
Here's the point. Let's give people room. I know where they're frustrating. I'm frustrating sometimes. Because you know what I probably would have said? Ah, it don't work. If Jen had told me that, ah, that's TikTok stuff. That don't work. (laughs) But grace. Just a little love. Value people. Don't compromise the truth. But give a little grace. And then number four, it takes wisdom. And wisdom is what marries it all together. Paul says this, but you must be careful. Underline that. Be careful. He says, so that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. So if what I eat causes another believer to sin, I'll never eat meat as long as I live. For I do not want to cause another believer to stumble. Here's what he's saying. If I'm in a community of people, and they're eating that meat, and they really think that's worship to a false god, he said, I'm not going to do that. He said, because I don't want them to think that me partaking in this meal is, is offering to a false god. I don't want to give them that impression. So I'm just going to refrain from it. He said, now some of them, they're still growing. And there's grace. And, and they're going to get there. But, but I'm not going to put my stamp of approval on it. So I'm going to refrain. Even though I know it's just dinner. But it's the wisdom to be able to walk in love, stand on the truth, and offer grace. And see, as you mature, that's what God will give you. Some of us today, if we were just to go before the Lord and say, you know what, God, I need some wisdom to be able to interact with these people at my job. I need some wisdom to be able to interact with these aliens in my house. I need some wisdom because relationships are difficult. They're not easy, but they're worthwhile. And if you stop and think about it, every bit of this that Paul has given us is exactly what Jesus has done for us. For God so loved the world that he gave. It was all motivated by love. And Jesus obeyed it because he believed the truth of God that all of us could be redeemed through his sacrifice on the cross. And every day that I get it wrong, God's grace is sufficient for me. And the Bible says, he who lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Every bit of this is the gospel of Jesus modeled in the way that we live. Look, everybody, we're all growing together. Give people grace. Let them grow. Don't don't suppress people. Don't tear them down, but build them up. The payoff is worth the investment. So before you write these people off on your job, before you give up on the marriage, before you give a kid away, I mean, <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. Don't know it all. Don't have it all figured out. Be willing to grow. Be willing to learn and give other people the freedom to do it as well. I want to pray for us today because this is going to take God to help us in these difficult characteristics of relationship. In these difficult dynamics, it takes God. 
But God created us for relationship, to be better together. But I want to tell you this. In this moment, this is between you and the Lord. Nobody's coming to get you, make you stand. Nothing weird or funny is going to happen. Our team's coming to play. Online, where you are, I'd love for this just to be a moment for you to limit distractions the best you can. Because all of this is great, but without Jesus, it's a self-help. It takes Jesus. Because he does what we can't do. The very presence of Jesus personally with us, the Holy Spirit, empowers us to do things that we couldn't do on our own. So maybe you're here today or you're online and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus. Well, there's no greater decision you can make today than to start that relationship with Him. And so if you're here or you're online and you have the slightest doubt, if you know Jesus personally, not know Bible stories, not know about Jesus, but I mean you have a personal daily walk with Him, I want to pray for you today that you could say yes to a relationship with Jesus. Doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, how you walked in this place, how you sit in your home, He wants that for you today. And then I want to pray for us for our relationships today. We're going to start this journey today. And then for the next three weeks, as we get deeper in some of these dynamics, my prayer is that God would grow us so that we would be better as individuals and that we would be better as employees, employers, as husbands and wives, as moms and dads. We'd be better single people, students, grandparents, that God would strengthen the relationships that he created us for. And so God, today, if there's any of us here without a relationship with your son, Jesus, Jesus, today, we turn our attention to you. And we recognize that we need you. We want relationship with you. So we ask forgiveness of any sin today, anything that's in our life that would be a barrier between us and you. We just lay it down. And we thank you for the sacrifice that you gave on the cross so that we could have a relationship with you. So today we choose to put you first. And God, I pray for all of us, for our relationships. I pray for every mom and every dad, every husband, every wife, every young person, every grandparent, every single person. God, I pray for every employer and every employee. God, every single one of us, every day we walk in the dynamic of relationship. Humble us today, God. Take pride from our life. We don't have it all figured out. But God, may we embrace love for our brothers and our sisters and our neighbors. May we see people as people. People with hurts and needs and difficulties in life to see beyond the surface. But God, may we stand on the truth because it is truth that sets us free. And grace to grow and the wisdom to walk in it all. God, thank you for what you're doing in our lives today. May we truly reflect you. God, we want to live our life on purpose. Take other people with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's honor Jesus together. Come on, he's good to us.